Hey everybody, uh, Master Mom Amanda Olson here with uh, parenting tips and advice, everything that you need to know to create a happy and harmonious home. Welcome to the podcast. It is sponsored by Olson's Martial Arts Academy. And today as my guest, I have Dr. Nathaniel Justice, who is a pediatrician, and we're very glad to have you here. So thanks for coming. Thank you. Appreciate the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am an assistant professor at East Tennessee State University in the Department of Pediatrics. And in my clinical role, I am a pediatric hospitalist at Nicewanger Children's Hospital. I've been here for not quite six years now in this role. Um, Before that, I was a general pediatrician in a small um, rural community in Indiana. And uh, before that, had done my training, uh, had grown up in Indiana and done my training between Indiana and uh, Tennessee. Oh, okay. So you've been uh, in the area long enough to start feeling at home and getting to know the community and the families and the needs that we have here. It does take a few years every time you move uh, move locations. I usually plan on at least two or three years to uh, <laughs> to kind of plant some roots and uh, and really feel like it's home. But yes, definitely, uh, definitely at that place now. Good, good. Well, I wanted to um, let our audience know, too, how you and I know each other. You know, just not a random person that (laughs) we're talking to today. But um, you are a student, actually, at Olson's Martial Arts. And one of the things that I really admired over this last year, especially when we had to pivot so quickly from in-person classes to remote learning, you know, you were right at the cusp of earning your black belt. And... You know, I've mentioned this to you before, but I think it's important for our audience to know that you're the kind of person who has a goal, and whatever obstacles come in your way, you keep your eye on that goal. And you stayed with the remote learning, you never missed a beat, and earned your black belt in uh, working towards your second degree, so the next goal. But I really admired that about you, and uh, I know how um, important uh, being professional and follow through and all those things are to you I see that in your training you take it very seriously you have a good time but you uh you do make sure that you're doing everything that you're supposed to do and training hard and everything for each belt so I would just like to say that you know and then also just that you have you have a family, you have a professional career, you have your, you know, from my perspective, your personal time with your martial arts training, and that might be something we can delve into a little bit later about the balance, and um, I know it. Certainly. the juggling is always there, you know, I have kind of the same issues sometimes, but uh, a lot of parents deal with that, and so to hear somebody else is doing it, and you know, the struggles and the good times would be something nice to talk about. I'd be happy to, but- Appreciate those words. That's uh, that's very kind of you to say, ma'am. <laughs> well, I do mean it for sure. You're an example for a lot of people. Thank you. So um, what about pediatrics? What got you thinking about that? You know, you know, when you're in high school or was it before that? Or, you know, how'd you get in that line of work? Um, it, was a, um, it was a journey that uh, started in high school. Um, I recognized that I... Um, I really enjoy the life sciences, learning about um, biology, the way the, uh, the way things work. Um, and I looked at different careers, um, career paths that um, that you can do through through biology. I looked at research, teaching, um, medicine, be that uh, veterinary or or uh, me- medicine medicine, um, <laughs> and um, kind of settled in logically into medicine. Um, but it wasn't until 
my sophomore year of college when I participated in a, um, a Bible study at, uh, at my, campus, uh, my campus church where I was really challenged to think more about my direction as a calling, um, not just kind of logically this is what I enjoy and this is a good way to, um, uh, to earn a living and, um, and help serve other people, but really to, um, really to look internally um, and and see if it was it was it was a true calling. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a quote that was shared with me that I'm going to paraphrase because if I tried to quote it, I'd get it wrong. <laughs> um, but it was from Frederick Beekner, and it um, it says that one's calling or place in life is where their greatest joy meets the world's greatest need. Yeah, I've heard that before, and I think that is so true. It's beautiful. <laughs> So I was really challenged by that one to to reflect and say, okay, am I doing, am I making this commitment to medicine um, because it makes sense or because it's truly something I'm going to love doing and it's going to meet a need in the world? Um, and thankfully, the answer was yes. <laughs> I was able to, uh, to continue on that path. Um, similarly, um, I fell into pediatrics in... Um, during my clinical rotations as a, um, uh, as a medical student. I really didn't have it on my radar very much, but I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It was the one thing that, um, the one rotation that I would come home from at the end of the day actually recharged and interested in reading and studying about the things that I'd seen that day or the things that I might see tomorrow. Um, compared to some of the other specialties where my thought was, well, I've got this test coming up, probably need to read a little something. Um, the attending's going to ask me a question about this topic tomorrow. I better be prepared for it. Almost almost because I had to. Mm-hmm. Pediatrics was something I did because I loved it. That's a, that's a great feeling. That's when you know you're in the right spot, when you're energized at the end of the day, not worn out. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, uh what uh, what do you enjoy with being with the kids? My favorite um, my favorite aspect is that um, it's it's almost it's almost play in doing my work. If I can if I can uh, if I can use that analogy. Yeah, I understand that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, with an adult. It's uh, it's time to do your exam. Please hold still. Take deep breaths. Um, I'm going to listen to your heart. Um, you can kind of walk through that exam with a child um, who's oftentimes wired just to do the opposite of what you ask them to do right. <laughs> in many situations. Uh, it's almost a game. How can I get them comfortable with me? How can I get them um, uh, um comfortable with the equipment, and how can we accomplish what we need to do during this encounter, during this visit, um, to uh, to help them get healthy again? Yeah, that sounds like a, a very engaging approach and personal approach to your practice, so that's very nice to hear. Um, I think you would have to really love kids and be able to communicate to them, you know, on a a level that they can understand and get them to, like you said, do the things that you want them to do when they actually want to do the opposite, <laughs> not sit still. <laughs> so um, now you have a family also, you have a lovely wife and yes, three ma'am. I've children. got uh, three kids, a uh, two and a half year old son and uh, nine month old twins. Wow. So that's the, uh, that's that part of that balancing part too. 
Yes, ma'am. Nine-month-old twins. So you've been a little busy at home? Yes. yes. <laughs> With a two-and-a-half-year-old? <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's uh, that's the only way to say it. It's, yeah. it's, it's been busy. <laughs> so if we could just look at kind of both sides of that, you know, maybe um, how has being a father, becoming a father made you a better physician? That is an incredible question. <laughs> um, I think that um, there are kind of there 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 are two um, two aspects to that. There's the kind of the knowledge driven and the the heart driven answers to that question. The knowledge driven um, would be that uh, I went through medical school and training to be a pediatrician. My first uh, when was Conrad born seven or eight years of practice. I was not a father. Um, and I was relying on all of the theories and all of the training, um, that I had had. And so when a parent came in and asked, asked me for advice, um, I'd go to the book and I'd say, this is what this, this theory, um, here, are, um, a couple of different parenting approaches to that issue that you're seeing, um, give those a try. Yeah. And they might follow up with me a, a few weeks or months later and, and say, Dr. Justice, that didn't work. And in my mind, I'm thinking, but but it's supposed to. Um, <laughs> um, being Every a father, parent have thought that. <laughs> yes, being a father has taught me though those don't all work. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's, it, there's a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of trial and error. Um, the heart aspect has... Um, increased my empathy for families um being able to see my child in the position where um uh where the uh the children that i'm caring for are in um in my in my current role i'm a, I'm a hospitalist so i'm taking care of children when they're when they're sick um and uh, uh being able to um not just have compassion but empathy in those situations i think has been um uh, a help to my practice yeah i would say i i think that um the point that you brought up about it's a lot of trial and error is something that parents and caregivers really need to know that that's okay you tried something and didn't work so let's try the next thing but not to give up and you know stay in community and stay in contact with your physician and uh, other people who are helping you, you're not alone. You know, and together we can figure those things out. Absolutely. So, uh, and then also the heart issue, too. It is different. You know, I, as a martial arts instructor, I taught for, I don't know, a very long time, <laughs> many years before I had kids. And, you know, the kids would come in late for class, and I would be like, you know, you're late, that's 10 push-ups. And then once I became a parent, I realized it has absolutely nothing to do with the child, (laughs) except that maybe they forgot their belt and the parent had to ride back home, or they were late from school because the bus was late, and they're just doing the best they can to get to class. If we're late, it's okay. You know, and I I had some uh, guilt times about that. You know, after I realized, oh, wow, parenting's kind of hard. <laughs> you can't yes. be everywhere on time. And there is no set, do this, do that, and everything will be okay. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, well, what uh, what's kind of your specialty in pediatrics? You know, what is something that you are, uh, you feel most comfortable with in your practice? Most, most uh, prepared or educated about? Mm. Um. Great question. 
I know no, no two kids are the same, <laughs> you know, so it's kind of, <laughs> and that's one of the, that's one of the challenges. Um, what, uh, what I do, uh, at, at this point in my career as a hospitalist is, um, uh, take care of those children who are too sick to be, um, cared for in their pediatrician's office. Um, and every, um, Every child that comes through is is unique, even if they have the same diagnosis. Um, their their symptoms to get to that point, or the the signs that they've showed us that this is what their diagnosis is. Each each child has a unique story. Um, what am I most comfortable with? Well, I don't know that I have a great answer for that. Gotcha. Though, well, honestly, because everybody uh, is a little bit different. Yeah, let me give you a, my perspective, just from the time that I've known Certainly. you. Is um, Making people feel at ease. I think that you have a real just natural gift for that, that when you are talking to someone, you know, whether you're, you know, I've seen you help other people in the martial arts class. It's not just about you. It's about your partner, the people around you, or the group that you're working with, or the goal that you're all trying to accomplish together. And I think that what you bring to that, and I'm sure that you bring that to your practice too, is just helping people feel comfortable and that they can trust you. And when you say that, automatically that every child is different that even if they have the same diagnosis you know their home life isn't the same their caregivers aren't the same their age you know there's so many factors but the fact that you realize that and see that you know that this is a individual and they have specific needs I would say that that is probably a very special thing about you you know and I think that that would be something that uh, any child and family would be uh, very blessed to have a physician like that in their corner Thank you. Thanks for redirecting that too, because I was totally focused on like a diagnosis. What diagnosis am I best at? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's more to you than just that. <laughs> That's what well, I you. see. Thank you. <laughs> um, I uh, I I think that that would be very difficult some days for to do your job, you know, and working with kids who are sick, especially if that's something that you do, but. Um, you know, just talking about that balance again, about compartmentalizing a little bit, how, you know, for parents that are trying to do so many different things, what might be some advice for, for them? It, it is very difficult some days. Um, you can, in medicine, you can do all of the, the right things by the book and still have an outcome that um, is, um, uh, is not what you were hoping for. Um, or you could also look at all of, um, all of the social determinants that you were just referring to, all of the home life, um, all of the challenges where, um, uh, children might come from a place where they don't have great follow-up, great access to, great access to medical resources, uh, in our region. Um, and, and that can be very, um, very, uh, emotionally taxing, emotionally draining. Right. Um, I have had to, um, make sure that my time with my family is their time. Mm-hmm. Um, my um, wife is a wonderful partner in that. <laughs> um, wonderful at holding me accountable. Um, that when I come home um, at the end of the day until the children are in bed, um, we are focused on our family life together. Mm-hmm. There's some um, unstructured playtime, there's dinner time, and then there is bedtime. Um, and, and all the routines that go with, uh, with each of those. Um, and until they are in bed, 
um, I'm, I'm theirs. Um, that's that's really beautiful. And then once, thank you. Once, once they're in bed, my wife and I can negotiate. Do we have time together tonight? Do we have time to each work separately? Cause she also, um, she also works as well. So, um, we just, we make sure that there is a commitment to family time. I think that's very, uh, you know, very intentional and on purpose. And I think those are the things that, you know, creating a happy and harmonious home doesn't happen by accident. No, <laughs> you know, you have to be <laughs> no, intentional and on purpose. I think that's, that's great advice. So uh, you mentioned, you know, some of the rural uh, areas that we have, and I know that's part of um, your passion is to reach uh, children and families in our rural area with medical care. And you've done a lot of work in that and a lot of training, you know, training other uh, residents or yes, people in, in that. Is there anything you'd like to expound on that for our listeners? I, I considered it my calling when taking this role um, five, six years ago, uh, five or six years ago with, uh, with ETSU. Um, I was working in a, um, a rural setting. It was about an hour outside of, uh, of Indianapolis. Um, not too dissimilar from what a lot of our surrounding communities experience being a, a, about an hour outside of, of Johnson city. Uh-huh. Um, and a few years into that practice, I felt like I was doing all that I could to influence or impact um, the the health of the children that I was that I was caring for, and was looking to do more, looking mm-hmm. to have a bigger impact. And um, as I was looking at different opportunities, the opportunity here offered um, interaction with medical students and residents, as well as a um, a focus of the uh, of the College of Medicine here on training. Um, physicians uh, with the uh, with the intention of going and serving in rural communities, and I thought that was um, a great um, a great match for what I wanted to accomplish with that next stage of my career was um, hopefully multiplying the impact that I could have, not only taking care of the children that are uh, that, that that present to me to be cared for, but also training that next generation to go out and have a specific heart for serving. Uh, rural communities yeah so it's not just what you can do in your smirk you know we can only have a certain size circle that we can influence directly and you know that's one of the things i love about leadership is you know a true leader replaces themselves you know or multiplies themselves so that that goes on and on and that's got to be very rewarding to know that you you're having an impact in that way as well not just in the hospital room yes ma'am that's great. Absolutely. Um, so two questions. One, what advice would you have um, for parents uh, of young children? Like you have a very young family right now. Yes, ma'am. You know, so in in all of the different families and environments that you work in, I'm sure you've seen a lot of things. And, you know, what might be something that you could say to a, a new parent that might help them feel a little bit more at ease? My favorite piece of advice for the new parent Master Olson, you may not love this being a new grandparent. <laughs> um, <laughs> is um, that uh, there are a number of people who are going to call and offer you help. Um, when you bring that new baby home, <laughs> you're going to have grandparents, you're going to have friends, aunts, and uncles. 
And when they show up, their idea of help is going to be holding the baby so that you can do the other things you were doing before, um, the, the household chores, preparing dinner. Um, so I really encourage new families, new parents, to set some boundaries and expectations around what it means to help when you come visit. Um, especially those first two to four weeks. Um, yes, for fathers, but especially for mothers and especially mothers that are breastfeeding are very much about establishing a bond with your baby, um, establishing that breastfeeding. And so what, um, what I needed as a new parent, um, and uh, my wife and I, uh, I think we did a decent job of this. Um, <laughs> what I needed was help with those other things. I needed people to come in and help prepare dinner, to come in and make sure the dishes were clean, that the, um, uh, that the laundry was done. And when it was round two, and we had a two-and-a-half-year-old, that the two-and-a-half-year-old was taken care of <laughs> right. while my wife and I were trying to take care of the twins. Um, so I encourage... Um, I encourage new parents to have the, is the right word audacity, maybe, to say, <laughs> hey, mom or now grandma, I really appreciate the offer, but when you come over, I really need you to prepare dinner for, uh, for tonight so I can take a nap while uh, the yeah. baby's sleeping. Um, I think that, that's, that's great my, advice. That's my, gr- my well, best advice. you know, I think uh, sometimes they say, how can I help you? You know, or you assume, and then to have somebody give you some direction and and give the parents permission to say, you know, I really need some rest, or we haven't had a really good home cooked meal in a while, <laughs> or uh, can you see the floor needs a little vacuuming? <laughs> can you help <laughs> yes. me out there? You know, and I I would appreciate that kind of direction. You know, so I think sometimes like you're telling people something to do, but oh, if this is they want to help. You know, they really do. And no, I think that's great advice and thanks. I'll take that as a new grandparent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sylvia is eight weeks old, so maybe I haven't messed up too bad by now. <laughs> I'm but, sure not at all. Yeah. Um, one other, um, uh, one other thing kind of building off of what you just shared, um, is, uh, um, my wife and I have learned that the open ended, how can I help you is not always as helpful as, um, as the person offering it might um might think um and, and so we've tried to put this into practice as um, we have friends that are, are now having children and it's less of a hey is there anything i can do for you and, and more of a specific hey i'm willing to come in and clean the house for you what day would be good for you mm. or i'm willing to to make a meal for you is there a is there a day that i could um that i could bring that for you i um, being a little bit more specific in how we offer our help too um uh, gives the gives the family a little bit more the, the new the new family the new parents a little bit more ease that's rather a, than directing what yeah I need that's great say, advice for all of us you know as we're trying to because we all have people in our lives whether it's a new parent or all kinds of other issues where we want to be helpful and uh, you know that's really great for all of us to hear so yes, ma'am. very nice. What about um, old parents who have been around a while, like <laughs> maybe not quite as old as me, but somewhere in between where they've got the teenagers and the teenagers and that sort of thing? Do you have any advice for families in that area? Well, once again, recognizing that mine are all under the age of three, so this is <laughs> theoretical, less practical um, advice, um, would, would be to come back to the uniqueness of each child. 
um, and to to recognize that um, each of your children is going to be a little bit different, having different gifts and talents, having different um, different things in their lives that speak to them, different interests, um, different ways of experiencing affection. Um, what may, might have worked for the first child may be completely different for the second child, whether that's um, how you spend time together, the activities that you encourage, um, how you have to discipline. Um, and so uh, appreciate the uniqueness of each child and be willing to uh, have a little trial and error and don't get frustrated um, uh, with kind of the thought, this worked for number one. Mm. Why is this not working now? <laughs> that, that takes us off the hook a little bit too as parents that, yes, you know, <laughs> it's not all about my parenting skills, about the uniqueness <laughs> and the individualism of each child. So yes, great advice. Well, um, is there anything else you'd like to say or add about your practice? I, I did want to take a minute here to um, go over uh, some other passions that you have about uh, writing devotions and things like that. You had mentioned that pediatrics felt like a calling to you. But uh, before we do that, is there anything else you'd like to mention? Um, not uh, not particularly. I think we covered, okay. uh, yeah, we did covered cover kind of everything we had uh, <laughs> Kind of laid out in advance. Yeah. Well, it's been uh, it's been really nice to have this conversation and get to hear more about your your life outside of Taekwondo. <laughs> um, so uh, you are very uh, a person of faith. Yes, ma'am. And it's a part of everything that you do. Um, and I think that's really great. And I'm I'm grateful that you want to share that part, you know, because that's kind of the the beauty of having faith is being able to share that and enhance in other other people's lives. So is there a, a topic or talking point or anything that you'd like to mention about that? Um, well, the um, the quote from uh, Frederick Buechner definitely um, definitely comes out of that. And um, um, for me, it is um, it's a faith-based calling um, that um, has woven through my story um, as a pediatrician and trying to learn how it weaves into the story as a parent. <laughs> um, I think you had alluded to a, um, you used the word devotions. Uh, I, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've written one thought. <laughs> <laughs> one okay, the one that I read. All right, the one that I shared with you. Yes, <laughs> yes uh, which I really enjoyed. A, um, mixing faith with um, faith with um, profession or faith with life. Um, how, how do you live out your faith? Uh, perhaps is the best way to say it. Um, yeah, no, I'd be um, I'd be more than happy to share that story. Um, I'll start by saying my parents were are amazing people. Um, and they did the best that they knew how to do, but none of us are equipped, uh, naturally to be parents. It's, um, it's learning. Absolutely. Every day. And, um, my relationship with my, um, with my father in particular, um, we, we both experience, um, uh, affection or validation differently. Mm. Um, and so we didn't really figure that out until, 
my goodness, probably I was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, that the way that he was trying to show me that he, um, that he loved me and was proud of me was not the way that I heard it. Um, so I wasn't hearing the message very well. Um, it, it, uh, um, it really came to light for me um, in um, what's become a, um, an, an allegory of, of sorts. Um, when I was between medical school, or excuse me, between college and medical school, I went uh, back home to live with uh, my parents for a summer to, to save up some money. And they had had a tree fall on their, uh, on their property yeah, within a year or two. I can't remember exactly at this point, but they were looking <laughs> at having that stump removed that summer. And we were talking over dinner one night um, about, um, about the cost of what that was going to be. And, and going through my mind is I'm living here rent free for the summer. Mom, dad, I'll take care of that. I'll, I'll do this this summer for you guys. That'll be my, my contribution around here. And my dad kind of scoffed at the idea, got the impression he didn't think I could do it, Mm. that I, that I couldn't. And I wasn't sure what that was, if it wasn't that I didn't have the right tools or the right discipline, um, the experience. Um, wasn't quite sure, but um, I'm a little type A, so once I put my mind to something, <laughs> I do it. Um, and I got, uh, I got into it. Um, started um, digging around that stump, getting a nice, um, nice wide um hole around it, freeing up all of the, all of the ground roots that were penetrating out into the ground. And every root that I could see after a few days work (laughs) was freed up. Mm -hmm. And I climbed into that hole and and braced up against that stump and it wouldn't move. (laughs) Not, not budge a moment. Oh no. Not budge a moment. And, um, uh, the man who's now my brother-in-law, my uh, my sister was dating him at the time, had come over and and uh, to visit her and had seen seen that work going on, and said, um, you know, Nathan, I've got uh, I've got a buddy with a jeep. He's got a winch on that thing. We can just chain this up, pull that thing right out of there, and you're done. And uh, I thought, okay, we can uh, we can do this. Um, so we we did that. Uh, got got it all hooked up. He he winched it right out. And I took a deep breath and thought, my dad was right. I failed. Mm-hmm. Rather than see the success of that moment, mm-hmm. I looked and saw that I didn't have what it took. It all took by yourself. All by myself. It took these other folks helping me. And we see this big taproot that's still anchored down. Um, and as I was... I, I carried this story around for a number of years, um, and it weighed on me, and I, I didn't really recognize the weight of it. But um, through some counseling um, that uh, that I uh, went through for some some depression I was experiencing um, early in my career, um, this story came up as a source of uh, of, a, of a source of shame that I was holding on to, and I realized the beauty of its allegory as what. Um, Christ does in our lives, um, uh, specifically with our with our sin life, that sin is this dead stump um, occupying space in our lives, mm-hmm. and I can dig down into a, a hole around it, get down in there with a hatchet, and free up all these little things that I see sp- spreading out. Okay, I can um, 
I can attack uh, where that anger is being manifest over here and here and here. But until Christ comes in with the right tools mm-hmm. and just winches that thing right out, um, it's not going to move. That sin that I'm dealing with isn't going to move. Um, and so that that story that had been carried with with me as kind of a sense of shame was redeemed. That's it's similar to the redemption that we actually we we experience in our relationship with Christ. Um, that story itself became redeemed to something beautiful mm-hmm. for me, and um, I wrote it up to share uh, as a devotional on a um, a medical missions trip, a short term team that I was a part of. My word, six seven years ago. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, but it's been a part of your life for a long time. Oh uh, yes, ma'am. And you know, I I read it. Uh, you shared it with me, and I read it many times. You know, just over and over again to uh, just kind of it, it's a simple story. But it's extremely deep, <laughs> and it's uh, so true, you know, in your faith, absolutely, because we can't, you know, if you're a person of faith, you don't live that out alone. You have faith mm-hmm. in something, um, and then to help you and guide you, and then also as, you know, from my point of view as parents, you know, and families, um, you're not expected to do it alone. You know, you're not expected to have all the answers or, you know, not reach out. And um, I appreciate you sharing that. It's very, um, it's a vulnerable story to tell, but I think it's one of those things that uh, inspires people and motivates them and encourages them because they're like, I felt like that. You know, I felt like I didn't do it by myself, so therefore I didn't accomplish something. I was surprised by how many people in this group um, responded because I I saw it as very vulnerable and I I thought here I'm sharing this this thing of shame in my life and um, it, it was actually a rather large missions team because it's focused on bringing learners as well so we have a ton of students one student pretty much one or two students really for every physician who's on the team mm-hmm. there are about eight or ten physicians on the team big group um, <laughs> a very large group and I was um, Excuse me. I was astounded by how many people came up and said that really spoke to spoke to me. Maybe it's a, a different story in my life. Maybe it's a different source of shame. Maybe it's a different um, uh, sin thing that's in my life. But I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Which actually encourages or makes it easier. To share that, yeah, the next time, mm-hmm. um, and realize that we're all kind of we're all dealing with the same stuff. Yeah, the the details are different, mm-hmm. but um, um, and and some of those details are harder. Some of those details are harder. Um, I started uh, sharing that story by recognizing my parents are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I was blessed to have uh, two parents that um, were both raised. Um, in wonderful godly families and, and pass that along to us. And I know that not everybody's story is the same. Right. Um, so the details are different, but we're all, we're all in this together, all experiencing yeah. similar stuff. That's, that's wonderful. And that's, it's encouraging, you know, um, I think anybody out, you know, listening that's, you know, 
I'm trying to keep it on the topic of, of parenting, you know, where if, if you are feeling alone or, you know, to encourage them to talk to somebody. And, and like you said, very, can you help me with this and be specific? You know, that's, that's great advice. Well, it's been, um, an extremely heartfelt conversation with you today. <laughs> I've, I've enjoyed it. I have too. I've, I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot and, um, uh, I'm very encouraged about, uh, the area, you know, knowing that somebody like you is doing everything that he can and with his team and teaching to help the children in our area too. Um, where can you lead us to where, if somebody wanted more information about what you do or about your practice or where you work, how could they could contact you? And uh, Yeah, certainly. Um, I think probably the um, best um, uh, the best source would be um, my email at the university. It's my yeah. last name, Justice, and my first initial, N, at etsu.edu. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll let people know about that and... Um, I so appreciate you and uh, and your continuing work. You know, I know that you're uh, you're a newer parent. You're just getting that going. You've been a physician for a while, but you're always looking for what's next, what's more, how can I do more and help more, and uh, just like your Taekwondo goal. You know, okay, yes, ma'am. it's not over at Black Belt. <laughs> what's what are we doing next? And um, you know, I love that, and I think I think that inspires the people around you, whether you you know it or not. So thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure.